Welcome, everybody, to this episode of Media Sandwich Reheated with Chris, Kyle, and Dan. I'm <laughs> one of those three. Which one is up to you? <laughs> wait, wait, this is a choose-your-own-adventure? I will be Dan. I'm going to sneak a peek at the pages in the front to make sure I choose the right one. Oh, you were one of those kids. I was. I'm like, oh, no, that's that's the wrong one. I was terrible with those because I wanted to, if I paid for a book, like I remember getting the Animorph Choose Your Own Adventure. I think it was like where it was all written in the second person. And I was like, this is weird. And uh, I read the whole thing from cover to cover, not because I didn't understand how it worked, because like I paid for this book and I wanted to read all of it. And I didn't find the fun in just like starting from the beginning and keep going. So I would read and, and find where the diversions were. And then I would read both of those to see which way it went. And Lee, and one always loved to a dead end. Cause you can tell some, some choose your own adventures are really good where it's like the whole story diverges radically and others are pretty bad where it's like, okay, choose your own adventure. There's a knock at the door. You either A, answer the door or B, shoot yourself. Like, uh oh. Well, <laughs> yeah, okay, you answer the door. It's the mailman. Do you A, accept your mail or B, shoot yourself? I'm like, okay, this is a bad book. <laughs> <laughs> that is a bad man. I was all about the goose goosebump choose your own adventure. You you die oh, yeah. a few times if you pick the wrong chapter. I yes. had one of those that was werewolves and like every every bad decision is just like, Yeah, so you're in pieces and they'll never find the, your entire body and I'm like, That's harsh book. That's <laughs> real harsh, R. L. Stein. <laughs> Just for I, that, we're going to make Jack Black play you in a movie. I I ended up, uh, I played this game on PC back in the day called Torrens Passage, which was, I loved it. It was this really cool um, like point-and-click adventure game, and the whole point is that this world has, like, the, the world is, like, five worlds in one, and you have to go down these crystals to get to the next level of the world. And Torin was the main character. He's trying to get through to find uh, a sorceress. And each world was, like, a different level that you had to figure out, like, how to solve the main plot of that world. And it, every time you failed, because you could die doing stupid stuff, because it was basically like King's Quest rules, um, it would give you a little narration. It's like, oh, you accidentally did this thing, which resulted in your death. Next time, try that. And I love that there's a last solution in the, the, the last one that you can pick in the game that can lead to your death is when you get to the sorceress, you're, you enter her lair, and in your inventory, you have a book of spells, and you have a bagpipe that you use to get to her, because you were in like a sp- void in space, so you had to use the bagpipe to get through the void. So you still have the bagpipe, you have this book of spells, and you can either A, use the book of spells to teleport yourself to where she is to confuse her, or B, you can blow the bagpipes. And if you blow the bagpipes, she freaks out, turns around, and blows you up. And the narration has made me fall on my chair laughing because the text pops up like normal to say, like, oh, well, you should have done this, but the narrator completely just diverges from it, and the narrator starts laughing, like, I can't believe you did that. You were right there. You had one last thing to do, and I can't believe you went with the bagpipes. That was a big mistake. Like, <laughs> loved it. That's pretty good. So on this episode... The newest hotness of all is the PS5 and Xbox Series X news. We just got 
the word of how much the PS5 is and when it launches, and we also now know how much the Xbox Series X and the Xbox Series S cost and when they're coming out. You say we. I don't know these things. I want to know what is the answer. Okay, so if anyone needs to know, the PS5, which is the PlayStation 5, for those definitely not in the know, that's coming out in early November, if I'm correct, um, there is a supposedly digital, allegedly allegedly right. Um, there is the digital version of the console for four hundred dollars, which does not include a disc drive. This is clearly the one that they want you to buy. Uh, and then there is the five hundred dollar version that has a disc that looks like a tumor was added to this system, and it's clear that they built from the, the digital only, which is really ironic to me. How much? Shade they threw on Xbox for the Xbox One initially not going to be having, like, they wanted it to be all digital. So now that Sony's like, oh, yeah, of course, you go, i got to go digital on this thing. Or you can get the, the Tumor one for another $100 so you can actually use your discs, which are also, by the way, $70 now for a game. Um, at least first-party Sony titles they've announced are $70. I think EA and Activision have also followed suit, and they're like, yeah, $70 is the new standard price. Meanwhile... Xbox, the Xbox Series X is $500. All that comes out, I think, also in November. The Xbox Series S is $300. And it's not as powerful, but it's the new, the next-gen thing. But then they had to release a thing that points out, and this is where my eyes cross, because they say, just a note, the Xbox Series X can play Xbox One X games at an up-res at the Xbox One X resolution. But the Xbox Series S will only play Xbox One S games at the Xbox One S resolution. It cannot play Xbox One X on the Xbox Series S. And I, I feel for all of the Best Buy employees that have to explain that come, come Christmas time. To someone yeah, who's now, like, stand. Now, mean, meanwhile, n- meanwhile, Nintendo got crap for calling one system the Wii and the next one the Wii U. Yeah, and like, I'm like, what the heck, Microsoft? Like, because I tried to tell Trey, like, okay, so you have the Xbox, then the Xbox 360, then the Xbox One. And by that point, everyone's like, well, that's just silly. They can't possibly do, oh, they could make this worse with the Xbox One X which is not a full upgrade. It's just like a 4K version of the Xbox One. And then the Xbox One S, which is like also a little better, but not as better, but still betterer, but still not a whole console generation. That's, now, yeah. when the Series X it's, and Series it's X... higher resolution, but it's digital only. It's For some reason, they, they decided that they would sell a digital only 4K up-res. And also a non-digital only with the disk drive, with the full... uh, Is there a difference in resolution between S and X at all on either the the one series and then the series series? Series, series, it's it's a series. I've lost my brain. Where where did I go? I'm I'm cold and there are wolves after me. He's got to blow in his console cartridge. The X is stronger, and it can do 4 and possibly 8K, I think? It can do preposterous resolutions. The Xbox Series X sounds like it can basically 
it can it can power God essentially is how strong this thing. It's like the beefiest PC you could buy, but PC owners are still like, that's cute. We can still upgrade ours past what you think you're at. At least the Series X is like beyond that. But the difficulty is number one, the S is what people are going to have to program to. If they program for the X having to downgrade is going to be really, really difficult in many cases. And you might just have, like, the S version of all these games is going to look like garbage and run like garbage. Um, but on the other hand, you've also got the Switch, which is selling stupid money right now. And every single developer and publisher that is not sitting in a hole right now is going, let's release like everything on Switch, because somehow we can release everything on Switch. And games (laughs) that don't, that you would like, there's no way that can go on Switch. It's like, yep, that game is on Switch now. Including like, Xbox exclusives, and that's why I'm still like, why are, why, when's the Master Chief Collection gonna drop on Switch? It's gonna happen! It's gonna happen! It's gonna happen! All the indie Xbox games have shown up on Switch now, or have been announced for Switch, because we got Cuphead, which was phenomenal, and everyone was psyched to play Cuphead Portable. And now we just got Ori and the Blind Forest, um, both digital and we're getting a physical release, because that's also going through, like, limited games. Um, mm-hmm. they're doing a limited run game, so that's really cool. Um, Rivals of Aether, which was an Xbox exclusive and PC exclusive, that's coming to Switch, I think, next week, and I'm psyched for that, because I'm like, yeah, that's, that's a good game. Um, it's like, there's good stuff, and there's a lot of games still that Xbox can bring over to the Switch at this point. I think, like, bringing the Master Chief Collection would not hurt Xbox at all. Um, because everyone who wanted to buy it in high resolution can, are, has already bought it at this point. Um, or they're gonna buy it for the Xbox Series X, cause it can still work on that. But, I mean, why not give us a portable Halo at this point? Microsoft makes money, Nintendo makes more money. It's just like, it hurts my brain how much they've sold it. They're still, this is, they're three years into their console cycle. Three and a half years, actually, into their console cycle. And they are still sold out routinely. Like, I still see, um, postings saying, oh, it's back. You know, it's back online. Order it now before it's gone again. It's like, wow, that's, that's amazing what a pandemic will do when everyone needs to play a game and they all buy the game system that you can take portable even though no one can go anywhere. Oh, yeah. That's what I was going to say is this has been kind of an unprecedented year for game sales in and of itself. And then you add on top of that, the Switch is the most affordable. You can Mm -hmm. play it in any room of the house. You can, yeah, it's, it, it turned out to be the best investment I made around Christmas because that's what I've been playing mostly since the pandemic began. I'm confused about the versions of the system. So you were mentioning the tumor version. The, the, I mean, I, I've seen it and mm-hmm. you're right. It does look like an afterthought. I don't know. We slapped it on. But they, they've said that the PS5 will play, um, at least PS4, uh, games backward compatible, correct? Yes, it will not play one, two, or three, though. It'll play PS4 games, and that's it. Meanwhile, the Xbox Series S and X can play Xbox One, some Xbox 360, and some Xbox titles. 
that's the only weirdness for Xbox is they actually have the most backwards compatibility between all the systems. Um, but like, it's not consistent backwards compatibility, which is really confusing. So you kind of have to pay close attention. Um, <laughs> it's not confusing if you've been, if you've been a Microsoft person this entire time. It's quite old hat now to be like, it plays some of the original Xbox games, but only the ones that everybody really likes. And, and just, now it plays really, most 360 games, but not all of them. And the ones that it does, you have to have it on disc. Whereas yeah. if you buy it digitally, you can do that, but it'll cost you another $10. And how many times have you bought this game already? Well, here's That's what's pretty... Xbox in and of itself for years. Xbox, I didn't know this, but apparently Xbox started re-releasing Xbox 360 games for the Xbox um, One, but not like, oh, this is the Xbox One version of the game. No, it's literally an Xbox 360 version that plays on the Xbox One, but it comes in yeah. Xbox One packaging, but it's a 360 game. When you open it up, it's actually a 360. It even says Xbox 360 on the disc. However, there are games like that. So I saw this with Raymond Legends, which is a great game. That right. They made an Xbox 360 version of Raymond Legends that plays, and then they put that in an Xbox One box, but they also have an Xbox One version of Raymond Legends. So, in an X, of course, in an Xbox One X. So, you have to look at this and you're like, okay, this box, if you don't look very carefully for it to point out that this box that says Xbox One also has a little thing that's like, by the way, this is the Xbox 360 version which is not a bad version of it, but it's not the best version of it for that system, which is just, that's, yeah. Gaming has gotten so confusing on the Microsoft side that I don't understand how Microsoft is still, actually, no, I do understand. It's because they're they're looking at this like a PC world looks at this. Like, they're definitely coming from a PC mindset of like, yeah, we have all these different versions, and, and if people are dedicated enough, they'll figure it out, and they'll, they'll find what's best for them. And like, I'm, I don't, I don't like it, Sam, I am. No, but I, it just seems like, a, a monkey paw type thing. Like, you buy the PS5, uh, the non-disc version, and you bring it home, and the box says, yeah, it's backwards compatible. And then you've got this whole library of PS4 games, but you, they're on disc. You're like, I, I don't know where to put it in. And the console's like, I can play if you can find a slot. Oopsie, I don't have one. And it's like you're just crying and yelling, but there was time now into the sky. Like, uh, the and, software can do it, but there's no hardware. At the very least, it's not, I don't think there's going to be as much confusion because they are literally called like the X or the PS5 and the PS5 digital only. Um, so like it's, you're, you're going to really have to not understand what those words mean to kind of make your own bed there. So if you're like, I'll save a hundred dollars. Well, why is this one? It says digital only and uh, clearly doesn't have a disc slot. Hmm. Maybe that's why it's a hundred dollars cheaper. I don't know. Well, and I, this I don't brings like... up my question from this morning. My question was, now that we know how much the PS5 costs, how much is the PS4 going to cost? Because I might just buy one of those and call it good. And right now, like, the way I – because I have all three current systems. My Switch gets the most gameplay by far. I play a lot of the games because there's those are the games I, would, I just play the most of. Uh, my PS4 gets probably the most use in a day, though, because it is my entertainment system. That's the one I use for all the streaming services. So I use it nightly or daily because the kids are always watching something – 
Um, cause I've got Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, HBO Max, and Disney Plus. Plus it's our, it's our Blu-ray player as well. So like it gets used. I just don't play any games on it. And in fact, I have a lot of great games on my PS4 that I just haven't even finished because I just lost interest for one reason or another. Even though the PS4 is a great controller and the games are great games. Like I have God of War. I have Spider-Man. I have, uh, Shadow of Mordor. These are great games that I just stopped playing because I was like, eh. I could do that, or I could play Hyrule Warriors again. And, <laughs> well, that's your tastes, and that's, that's fine. And then, meanwhile, I have an Xbox One that can play Banjo-Kazooie. <laughs> can it? It can, and Tui, and Nuts and Bolts. And I think it has other games, but I haven't. I can't confirm that. Um, that's what I know. <laughs> it's just crying in the corner. Yeah, I do like. Here's the thing I love about the Xbox One compared to the uh, the PS4, and this is the only thing, is that if I accidentally brush up against the Xbox One when trying to turn something else on, and it's like, bring them to know, like, oh, did did you need something? Um, I can just and the TV's off, and I have like all of my stuff. I only have one input that I've bothered to plug in, so I have to like hot swap behind all the consoles, and I know where the little. I know roughly where the HDMI slot is, so I have to grab it and, and swap it back and forth. So if the Xbox One turns on, it's like, oh, what did you need me? And I can easily press the button again. It goes, I'm like, oh, good. It just turns right off. The PS4, if the PS4 gets nudged or if you, like, say something, like, would you like some more? I'm like, I would. It's like, did you say I should turn on? And it turns on, and the controller glows blue. I have to turn the TV on. And then I have to hook in the T, like hook the thing up to the TV, so then I can hit the button on the controller to then go to the the option that says turn the PlayStation off. And it's so frustrating every time that happens. And I'm like, okay, good, you're off. And I take the thing and I put the controller in the charging slot, and in doing so, it accidentally knocks the home button again and turns it back <laughs> on. Ugh. I feel like you've done this before. <laughs> Meanwhile, the switch is like on off. You yeah, want a controller turn switch, on? Yeah. off? want to sleep, I'm going to sleep. I'm going to, you know, we don't even have an off button. We have a sleep button or an on button, and I'm always ready to go. Are you in the middle of a game? Just hit off, and I'll go to sleep. I'll keep come right back. I'm fine. Your Xbox is the butter robot from Rick and Morty. It's like, I've got all this power. You play, you play uh, Banjo-Kazooie. Oh. I mean, like, that's the thing. I have good, I love it because of that. It's played, I've played Banjo-Kazooie and Banjo-Kazooie, uh, Banjo-Tooie to full 100% completion on both. And the kids are like, we haven't played Banjo-Kazooie in a while. And I can't explain to them, like, so here's the thing, kids. When I finish a game, I don't want to play that game again for a long time. It's really hard for me to just say, oh, all right, like, you're right, we haven't played that game. And I'm like, I have to remind them, the reason we haven't played Banjo-Kazooie in a while is because we finished Banjo-Kazooie, and I don't need to play it again because I just beat it. And you saw everything there was to see. So chill out, kids. There's many more games to see. Yeah, but they're in the mindset of they want to watch Frozen like 50 times in a loop. So it's the same with games. Absolutely. I feel bad how often they want to play a game, but I have to explain to them, like, no, you can't. Because, like, I just finished my full playthrough, like, replay of uh, Breath of the Wild on Switch. Because I finished it on the Wii U, but I wanted to play it again a couple years later, and I did it on the Switch with all the DLC, and found out, wow, the DLC actually does add quite a lot, and it's pretty significant, and it's actually pretty cool. Like, at least the second half of the DLC was really cool and added some cool stuff, including a motorcycle. Because why not? And 
Um, it, it was pretty cool, and the kids really got into it, and Charlie kept pointing out, he's like, this looks like a really well-made game. I'm like, yeah, it sure does. Yeah. Um, and he's like, can I try this? And I'm like, well, no. He's like, it doesn't look too hard. I'm like, well, A, thank you, but B, that's because I know what I'm doing. You have, and that he, I, it's hard because like he's not quite at that level where he's figured out how to use every button on a controller, and I he doesn't know. Like I could tell one of you guys use the left trigger or use the L two or use the X button, you know, hit that hit the plus button. You guys could figure that out pretty fast. You might not know exactly what I'm talking about if you swap between controllers, but you could find it pretty quick, or at least you know ballpark when I say hit the shoulder button or hit the hit R2 you know what to do he doesn't know what a shoulder button is even though I try to explain it's a button on the shoulder of the controller um, so like when you play Breath of the Wild you need to be able to use the left control stick to move the right control stick to re-angle the camera position um, you need to be able to press Y to jump X to attack um, some other buttons for stuff you know, like one targets another one holds up your shield and so like all these different things that he needs to know how to do and like you just don't you haven't keyed in on that the main one is you haven't keyed in on the camera yet so every time he's like i want to try this and I, I let him play as much as i could I'm like okay because he's like i want to bop these guys i'm like yes because i've been watching too much of super beer bros and they use the term bop for defeat things and I <laughs> I enough times that Charlie's picked it up is just this is things we say when we play video games. We gotta bop this guy. I'm like, yeah. yeah. Yeah we do. Like the best time is so we're on the motorcycle, the master cycle as it's called, and which looks like a mechanical pony um motorcycle that glows. And it's fun to ride and it's you know it's a motorcycle in in Breath of the Wild and we're riding around and I'm looking for shrines at the end of the game and there's like another Ten to find. I'm like, okay, Charlie, we're going to look for shrines, and our little radar will start pinging when we find them. So, okay, I, we haven't checked in that direction. We're going to drive in that direction because we're on top of a, of a plateau. So drive in that direction. He starts driving. He sees a wolf. And he's like, I'm going to bop this wolf. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. And, of course, he misses the wolf and just drives off the plateau. <laughs> <laughs> Falls down, you know, to the base of this thing, hits my little perk that revives you from death once. It's like, Mifa's grace. And then he's like, like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, it's okay. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Give me the controller. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, did I, did I, did I get to play? Like, give me the controller because I have to climb us back to the top of the plateau. It's going to take a few minutes. Up, it's raining. It's going to take a few more minutes while we wait for the rain to pass because we can't climb when it's raining. Okay. We get back to the top, and I'm trying very hard not to just be like, keep doing that. Stop doing, stop doing that. I'm like, okay, it's okay. There's no harm at this point. Just, just ride your, ride the motorcycle in a straight line. Oh, I actually felt really proud of him when he figured out, because he kept doing that. He would just fly off a cliff, but he then real, he learned what button pops out your paraglider. So he learned how to do that at least, and then glide right. back to, to the cliff. I'm like, ah, oh, good, good job. Very proud of you for that. Yeah, eventually, uh, you know, everybody's different, but eventually you just give your kid a different save file and, like, there, go, destroy whatever, have fun. Yeah, and that's the only problem with Breath of the Wild is, in, like, Nintendo in general, is a lot of the games no longer have save files. It's, like, different load states, or, actually, no, the more more commonly you have to select a different profile, but it... Yeah. Different profiles don't always... um 
like share everything. At least I know they don't share the online component. So like uh, each profile has to have its own online, which is just Garbo. Mm. Uh, at least they, I think they'll share like the DLCs and stuff. So if I buy a DLC for the system, it's on the system. Um, yeah, I've run into this, this problem with Robert because uh, both he and I are playing Mario Odyssey and I had a slow like day in the middle of the week where I was like, well, okay, I'll, I'll take my lunch break. I'll play a little Mario Odyssey. And I ended up three worlds past where he and I were last time we had fired it up. And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, well, I'll, I'll save this in my own file. And then he'll have his, which I haven't touched. So he'll start right where he left off. Sure enough, he comes to me, fires up the switch. And the first thing he's, wow, this, I've been here before. I'm like, from the other room going wait 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 and yeah before before i had realized that he had worn me all the way down to a game over and i'm like man <laughs> and i i learned the hard way yeah you have to switch profiles and i didn't switch it from the beginning so he yelled at me and said hey you were on my profile this is a six-year-old yelling at me <laughs> about this and I can't be like, well, hey, look, I'm the dad, and this is an expensive machine. I'm like, no, no, you're right. You're right. I was on your profile, and if I was in your position, I'd be annoyed about it. So good on you. Video but, game etiquette. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's one of those things that we know as parents that our parents didn't really. I think the closest thing I got at that point was my mom threatened to delete my save games from my memory card if I didn't clean my room or something like that. Oh, that's, that's advanced. Yeah. All right. I need, but, to talk, I need to talk about the lie, the lie of NVIDIA. And how yeah. <laughs> tell us, Dan. Tell us. To tell you. All right. So. In college, I built a PC from scratch, and I called it the captain, and he was my very best friend. And, uh, I think and, I had that, and it didn't work, but I have all the games that was on that. It had games on it? Well, I mean, I have all, I have the box O games that you passed me that was on the captain, that oh, yeah. you played on the captain, so I have that box of games still. Yeah, so it's been a long time, and I, you know... Thought, all right, I think it's time. I'm tired of all these PC games that I don't get to play and all these PC programs that I don't get to do. I'm going to build another one. So I start doing research on parts, and I make a list. I'm like, these are the parts I want, and then you just kind of check them every day. And once a part goes on sale, that's when you pounce. And I've been slowly collecting them. And I'm like, okay, you know, graphics card, that's very important. And I take a look at the graphics cards. I'm like, these are so far beyond what I had nice middle of the road graphics card and it was like the 2070 everybody said 2070 that's the one gets powerful but it's not super top of the line you get it for a good price and I'm like I don't know wait for it to go on sale and pandemic hits not only does it not go on sale it goes out of stock I'm like alright well you know what this is the most important thing in the world then NVIDIA said Guess what? It went out of stock because we're going to come out with the new line, the 3000. So there'll be a 3000, 60, 70, 80, whatever. I'm like, oh, well, that's a pretty good time to do that because I'm in the market. I might as well, you know, get the one that is better. 
So they say, all right, 30, 30, 80. It's new card, super powerful. It's compatible with all the pieces that I had already bought. And they said, all right, it's going to come out on September 17th. I'm like, all right, we talking midnight, you know? So I'm staying up that late anyways. Midnight clicks, and I go to the NVIDIA site and hit and refresh, and it keeps notifying. You know, like, oh, we'll let you know when you can buy it, you, you jackass. I'm like, all right, calm down, NVIDIA. And they're like, no, really, like, it's such a great card, and look at all these third-party people. Then they've made the versions of the cards with different, you know, lights and fans, and, oh, this is the best card ever. It's going to wash your car, and it's going to impregnate your wife. I'm like, that's a bit too far, but, you know, I don't know. Are you a gentle lover? And it's like, oh, we're so gentle, and it's so great. And then, you know, I'm Googling, and I was like, okay, actually, it's, like, at 6 a.m. like, well, damn it. Now I'm, it's midnight, and you're saying i got to wake up at 6 a.m.? <laughs> All right, fine. So <laughs> I wake up at 5.57, and, you know, my I didn't wake anybody else up because the kids are late sleepers, and my wife was doing a graveyard shift to the hospital because she's dealing with reality, and I'm buying computer parts because I'm an idiot. And I I wake up, I go to the site, I'm like, all right, I got a tab for NVIDIA, I got some tabs on Newegg and all these other just in case. I'm, I'm, I'm doing good. Oh, I'm so smart. I'm right here at 6 a.m. And the clock is 5.58. And the clock is 5.59. And I'm refreshing. And even though I know, I'm refreshing. And then it, it says notify me. Notify me. And then 6 o'clock comes. I refresh it. It says out of stock. <laughs> what? What? And I go to the other sites. Out of stock. Out of stock. One, one site, I think it was... Uh, uh, New Egg, it's simultaneously said coming soon and out of stock at the same time. Oh man! And I'm like, you know what? I don't think these graphics cards exist. I don't <laughs> think anybody got them. I think this was just a marketing ploy. It was all vaporware. Like they said, oh, we're gonna make such a great card, and oh no, it's so popular, it's all sold out. Uh, you're just gonna have to keep, you know dangling on the hook and maybe we'll give you one and we hate you. Goodbye. And we're like, oh my God. I don't think anybody got one. Because it was it was not even 601. It was 6. Mm. And it went from coming soon to never coming again. Ugh. I mean, the reality is there was a bunch of idiot scalpers with bots that they programmed oh, to of course. buy them all up. But you know, yeah, so, yeah. it's a lie. There is no 3000 series NVIDIA cards. Mm. <laughs> That's why PCs are stupid, Dan. You should be like <laughs> me, and you should be excited for Mario 3D All-Stars. A hey, game that, that is exciting. They're just repackaging three of my favorite games, and I can't wait to buy it. And the funny thing was, when it was announced, and... Uh, Obviously, we're talking about this now. Because <laughs> you talked about the lie and the, the stock and all that. Because the thing that's dumb is that we knew this game was coming for half of the year, at least. I can't remember when we started hearing rumors. Like, rumor, Nintendo's going to release um, Super Mario 3D All-Stars, which is going to be a pack of the 3D Mario games. And obviously, 3D World will be redone for the Switch, because that was on the Wii U. So that'll be there. 
but that means that Mario 64, Sunshine, and Galaxy 1 and 2 are on the table, and those are going to get repackaged, and they're going to resell it to you in a, in a, you know, a re-release. And I'm like, ooh, well, if it's like All-Stars for the Super, that was a redoing of Mario Brothers 1, 2, 3, and, and the actual Japanese Mario Brothers 2, which was we call the Lost Levels. And I'm like, ooh, <laughs> that's cool. So, And I was hype as AF, as the kids say, because the – because and that's the funny thing is my most anticipated game of the of the year was a game A that I've already played and B a game that was just a rumor and I was super hyped for this game and so the closer it got to this big announcement like okay there's the Mario uh, 35th anniversary announcement which had a lot of weird stuff in it <laughs> but like of course they announced like and Mario 3D All Stars I'm like yay Mario 64 nice I love Mario 64 Mario Sunshine of course Mario Galaxy yeah that's what's in it I'm like wait Galaxy 2 Galaxy 2 say the say the name Galaxy 2 that's right three great games like no there's four there's four right where's Galaxy 2 my favorite Mario game of all time where is it Yep. In fact, let's show you, uh, let's just do a little nostalgia reel to end this whole direct where we're going to show Mario through the years and they show Mario through the years. Don't show Mario Galaxy 2. I'm like, mm, what are you doing to me right here? And then, you know, as these, it's only like, it's coming out in two weeks. I'm like, okay, now I'm as hype as possible. And they're like, that's right. Come out in two weeks. You can get it physically or digitally. Oh, but only until March 31st. For either of those. I'm like, wait, excuse me? Yeah, so make sure you get it now, because if you don't, we're never going to sell it again. Oy. Okay, so I have to get it now. So fine. So, of course, that day I go out to GameStop and pre-order it. So I'm like, well, they got me by the mustache. So <laughs> I guess I'm getting this. Uh, slap that five dollars down so I get my copy tomorrow. And the more, like, the more we go through, the more I'm just like, Really disappointed in hearing everything. So, like, first off, um, Mario 64, it's a version of Mario 64 called the Shindow version, I think. Which is weird, because I didn't even know this, like, or I knew it, but I didn't really think about it. But the version that they have is, like, an updated Japanese version that has the English text in it now. And you can tell the big difference because when Mario throws Bowser, the original version, when he throws Bowser against the mine, he goes, so long, gay Bowser. And in the Shindow version, he says, bye-bye. And it's like, no, he doesn't say bye-bye. My nostalgia <laughs> goggles specifically see him say, so long, gay Bowser. But the problem is that it sounds like he's saying, so long, gay Bowser, which what? as a kid, I assumed he was sane, but I'm like, well, that just sounds like that. It can't really be. But I think that's one reason they changed that voice clip, which is like, I I don't know what to think because my nostalgia, I'm buying this for nostalgic purposes, and they're going to change one of the things I'm most nostalgic about. And it seems so stupid, but it's there, and it just irks me because I'm like, what else did they change? What else am I going to think is normal but is not going to be normal all of a sudden? And it's going to drive <laughs> me bonkers. I don't understand like, why companies – think that everybody keeps getting, you know, more wealthy. Maybe that's the millennial in me. Like, you know that people just keep getting more crushed by debt and the world's terrible, right? Like, you should put Super Mario All-Stars, the original Super Mario All-Stars, into this new Super Mario All-Stars. Just like, it's in every Mario game ever made. It's a value. Well, 
Well, you say that, and they actually did release Super Mario All-Stars on Nintendo Switch Online. So they, if you have Switch Online, which is almost a gimme when you have a Switch, you kind of need it to do a lot of other stuff. Like, they did that day add Mario All-Stars, so I can play Mario All-Stars right now on on that. So I can play Mario Brothers 1, 2, and 3 on the NES version, plus Lost Level, and I can play Mario All-Stars on the Super version, and I can play Super Mario World if I wanted to right now. And they basically were touting, like, yeah, so you can play most of the Mario games that we've ever made right now, or, like, by the end of this week, you can play them. And what, what's, so then they, we find out that the, like, people got an early version of the ROM, and, or of the, uh, of the game. They're like, we've confirmed that these are actually just ROMs running on an emulator, and that's how they're playing the game on the Switch. They're not, like, Nintendo's not releasing new versions for the Switch that were built for the Switch, they, they're releasing emulation. So basically these are the same files that you would find pirated online. They're using that legally, which really is like, I mean, yeah, it's not a dumb way to do it, but, and I'm hoping that means, well, that means if they have a good emulation method for the Switch for N64 games, then that means that we will get more N64 games and hopefully N64 online. But, can't hold your breath on that yet. Because, of course, if that is true, then the other question is, why is everything leaving on the 31st of, of March of next year? And a lot of people are saying, well, that's when they're going to re- they're going to then take it off so they can sell these games individually online for, like, a little more. And that's – or that's when they're going to introduce, like, Mario Galaxy 2 as DLC. But just, like, one last kick in the groin – is they they release the here's the like opening cinematic when you turn on the collection and it shows like the Stargate for 64 Sunshine and Galaxy and it's like cool and it plays the Stargate jingle and if you're an observant Mario fan you will notice that the Stargate jingle they play is actually the Stargate jingle from Super Mario Galaxy 2 a game that's not at all mentioned in this collection and has been completely ignored <laughs> and it's just so frustrating as a Galaxy 2 fan, I'm like, what are you doing to my poor boy? Why do you do this to me? Anyway, I'm really hyped to go buy that at, at, at lunch tomorrow because I um, I can't not. <laughs> where's Kyle? I don't know. Where's Kyle? Uh, I'm... I'm here. I'm just uh, having connection issues, and also I've got lightning. Hey, there's just, there's just lightning and thunder happening in front of me, which is uh, like from your fingers. Are you Thor? No, I wish. <laughs> no, no, I'm just I'm catching a lot of lightning, and every once in a while I'm cutting out. I'm sorry about that. That's all right. I know that uh, we need some rain. I know there's supposed to be lightning storms this next day and possibly rain. I mean, lightning without rain, that tracks. You know, that, yeah. that, it, that's thematic continuity. Mm-hmm. I miss breathing air. Oh, <laughs> air's, air's great. Yeah, I, I look forward to breathing it again someday. Someday nice. soon would be great. It's Excuse like uh, space balls. We got the little cans of air. We just crack one open and sniff it. Last week was the most surreal it's gotten yet, which is saying a lot, where I pull up to a gas station and I have on my 
my COVID-19 mask, and over that I have an M95 mask, because one protects others from my breath, and one protects me from particles in the air, but they don't both do the both of those things, so I was wearing two masks, and I was very, I felt very polite, honestly, where I'm at a gas station in my car, here's my car, I'm wearing two masks, one to protect you, one to protect me from the smoke, hmm. And it's like, yep, I can do that. And I did it. Yeah. I I do not regret a single moment of the technological mask that Kyle's wife, Rosalie, made. It is, it is just (laughs) the best. You gotta mass produce those, man, because they're, they're great. Well, I I really would. Yeah, it's, uh, that, that was one of her, her better creations. Although she's getting pretty into, uh, mask lanyards at this point. Mm. It, it's really crazy how my wife becomes Tony Stark, but with face masks instead of suits of armor. Cause I swear at one point she's going to call house party protocol and a bunch of masks are just going to fly out of a cabinet right at my face. <laughs> that was too many. I can't breathe. <clears throat> Uh, what, yeah, what is the mask lanyard? Is it like a mask made of? of... No, it's it's just your basic uh, like like the chain that you that uh, older folks will use on their glasses. Mm-hmm. It's that, but it can be a chain. It can be a ribbon. It can be, you know, she made them for the kids where it's a elastic string and beads with their names spelled out and. Stuff like that. Mine's mine's just a strip of uh, a strip of rogue fabric because she's perfecting it over and over again. But I found a gold chain on the floor when I was cleaning the living room, and I said, "What is this?" And she said, "Oh, that's my mask lanyard." So it can be anything, clearly. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's very very strange that when she started making the masks, that was so many months ago that it doesn't even feel weird anymore just to like oh yeah i made five more masks oh okay yeah. they, we just got them coming out of our ears she uh we we went to uh, my cousin's wedding and she made masks for every guest wow yeah it was something but <laughs> but yeah i'm just it's yeah, boy, I'm having a week. Uh, I uh, folks listening, if if this recording ever makes it to you, um, <laughs> just before we decided to record tonight, my cat knocked over my laptop and just obliterated the screen. And my laptop wasn't even great, so I'm not bugging about it. But uh, I just this this year. This month of this year, even, and we're not even halfway through it, I, I, do I get a coupon for, like, a turkey or something at the end of this? Is that what's going to happen? No, Kyle. Still, Kyle. This is 2020. We're ending with the Mega Quake. Oh. That's right. Oh, I forgot about the Mega Quake. Yep. This is, I mean. If any year would be the year of the mega quake, this is the one. And everyone's like, oh, well, that's how it ends. I'm like, well, technically the end will be when Mount Hood erupts. But, yeah, it will come from the mega quake at least. So we got something to look. I mean, we have to have a finale, right? 
We can't have a holly jolly Christmas. That would be silly. <laughs> oh no, does that mean Hanukkah's gonna be Eight crazy nights, Dan. Oh, that's right. That is the night. I shouldn't know that. <laughs> they haven't rounded us up yet. When it, when is uh when is Passover, Dan? <laughs> Passover. Um, I don't know. I mean, I mean, if it's we on have- the moon, so I'm not completely an idiot because it's always shifting. But I couldn't even. Name of the month. All I know is that if we, if you guys have not painted Ram's blood on the front of your door by this point, that you're you're just you're asking for it. Well, I know that's Rush- what I was going to say. Is, uh, whatever that's past- the Hebrew New Year. So yeah, everybody's going uh, on about 2020, and I'm like, oh god, 57A sucked. <laughs> <laughs> just goes to show you, it's all made up. It it has no meaning. We're idiots. <laughs> is that life? No, mostly I was thinking time, but, but I mean, I guess it applies to life too. Welcome to life, where, the, where everything's made up and the points don't matter. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> Catastrophe is it anyway? I don't know. Isn't it crazy where we're like the whole West Coast is like we're on fire, and like the South Coast is like. We're getting spanked by hurricanes. I'm like, well, boy, if only we could solve each other's problems right now. Ugh. Yeah. Well, in the meantime, though, anybody watch any television? Yes. I have. I just finished rewatching the first season of The Boys because I'm really excited to watch season two. Um, now that that's out on Amazon Prime, which, of course, Boys is the only thing I've watched on Amazon Prime. I have too many of the streaming services, but I'm like, yeah, I want to see the boys. And I especially want to see season two. And this rewatch, season one is really good. I know that, Dan, you said you saw season one. Kyle, have you seen any of it yet? Uh, no, I elected to uh, push the boys back on my queue because I dove into Doom Patrol instead. And I can only, I can only really handle one like anti superhero, superhero show at a time. Yeah. So I, that's why I also pushed back the Umbrella Academy. It's just there's too many of these, like, bad teams of losers that are actually awesome people shows. Well, The Boys isn't quite that. Well, yeah, no, I, I have read the comics, though. Uh, yeah. you, you passed me the first volume of that about ten years ago, and I read through that. So I I know what The Boys is, but I haven't gotten into it yet also. Because there's no time for me to watch something like that with the kids in the house. Oh, yeah. That one's definitely not a with kids show. Nope. <laughs> Mm-mm. Yeah, that one. What's really interesting is if you read the comic and seen the show, you'll notice that the show is vastly different from the comic. At least tonally it's similar. But, like, the characters are very different. The The, the plot is very different. Like, it shares a beginning, and that's about it. And I think that the show is a far better story than the comic. Because the comic was written in a certain era, for sure, and which I mean, like, it doesn't hold up uh, as well. Like, you're not rooting for any characters like you're supposed to because a lot of them use, you know, the usual slurs and stuff that was, like, 
edgy back then, like, you know, 10 years ago, but now we're just like, no, that's not edgy anymore. Now it's just like, this is, I don't, I don't like this guy at all. Like, I know he's supposed to be our quote unquote hero, but like, no, I don't need that. I don't, I don't need that. Thankfully the show, of course, doesn't do that. The show is really good. Like the actors, the the thing I think is the the coolest is that the character of Wee Huey in the comic was clearly uh, drawn to look like um, like Simon Peg. Simon Peg, thank you. Uh, it's clearly drawn to look like Simon Peg, and um, they someone pointed that out to Simon Peg, and he then thought that was really cool, and he became a fan of the comics. But when they made the show, he is cast as Huey's dad which is really cool so he's in the show as as his dad and it's even funny that at one point like they try they call him wee huey and he's like why did you call me that i'm like six foot (laughs) so it's it's pretty cool like i I really like the show um really like the actors um because uh butcher the main well one of the main characters who's in charge of the boys in the comics he's just hard to watch um, or hard to read in the uh, the show it's uh, Carl Urbane and he is just <laughs> loving it and he's so good in that role is that the emphasis you put on the syllables exactly <laughs> it's so good like there's a good scene they used in a trailer where he gives this hype speech about the Spice Girls <laughs> and it's such a good speech too because, like, they're about to break up, and he's like, hey, what is Sporty Spice doing right now? I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, Sporty Spice is doing nothing. And it's like, he goes on this whole explanation of what all the Spice Girls are doing, that they're doing nothing, because they're nothing unless it's the Spice Girls. Like, okay. Give this man an Emmy at this point. Carla Bain is so <laughs> good. He's good in everything he's in. And he's been in so many things that I forget that he's in. Like, I just finished rewatching Lord of the Rings trilogy. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that was him. Yep, yep, that's the guy. That's the guy. I, I, uh, I never got to see that show that he was in a few years back that was called Almost Human, but it looked very interesting to me. Mm. He, he uh, deserves all the work. He's great. I really like how he's embraced just being like a genre dude, and that's the most of what we see out of him, because he could easily, I feel, have a more mainstream career where he could be like like what Colin Farrell was at one point, where it's like, oh yeah, you're just, you're the good looking dude with the eyebrow acting, and that'd be fine. Instead, Carl Urban's like, you know, I'm Dread, but I'm also Bones McCoy, but I'm also now this guy on The Boys. He he sticks it out with the sci-fi and the comic booky stuff, and I I appreciate that. He's been picking good roles for sure. I think I I think he's one of those really great, not even underrated, but like he slips into roles and you forgot that it was him, and then when you see you're like yeah cool that's that's Carla Bain awesome. Yeah, that's how I feel about him as Bones McCoy. I always forget that that's him until I. Until I rewatch one of those, I'm oh, that's right, he's in this. <laughs> Another show I'm watching right now is Lovecraft Country. Have you seen any of that? I keep seeing uh, folks on my Twitter feed are going nuts about it, but I haven't watched any of it yet because it looks spooky. 
I have I'm I'm current and it's the new cool thing on HBO. Although I will right now maintain that the best show that's currently not ended yet is Barry. That one's I'm excited for whenever they make more episodes of Barry because that show's fantastic. But also Room 104 is like really low key one of the best shows on HBO just because it's so delicious to and I I love watching the behind the scenes this season with um Mark Duplass who's one of who's one of the main producers writer director guy and love hearing him explain some of the episodes and he had one this season called um Foam Party and I was really confused cuz he's like yeah um everyone in the 90s has a story about a foam party cuz that was a big thing I'm like what are you talking about what is a foam party and apparently in the 90s and I'm like how did I miss this I grew up in the 90s like in the 90s People would rent foam machines, bring them to hotel rooms, and fill the whole room with foam and just play in the foam. What? And so they do this in room 104 where they have an episode, and he's talking about, yeah, that's how we do it, but we're like, ah, we do that, it'll ruin the set. He's like, ah, screw it, we're in season four. I'm like, ah, I like hearing this. Just that kind of like, I really appreciate a show where the creators just like, you know what, we're gonna, we're here to play, like we're here to do something crazy. Um, and they do that. They had an episode with, um, uh, Dave Bautista, uh, who's played an ex-wrestler. And a lot of it is done using these dolls, like it's a therapy session. And it's really good because every episode is essentially just what are the actors we've got this episode and let's just make a little, a little sandbox for them. And, uh, then they play and they just get to chew the scenery. And it's it's just really cool to see what you get out of people when they're like, okay, the set is always going to be pretty much the same set. So what story can we tell in this room? And I'm amazed how many stories have been told and how often they still surprise me. That's a really good show. But Lovecraft Country is also a good show. It's I'm just not quite – I'm not sure if I like it or if I just feel like I'm supposed to like it. There's elements about it that I really like. Um, but other elements that I don't, cause like they keep trading off like every other episode, like one episode, it's more about the, the idea of like, this is in the, I think fifties, I believe. Um, so it's like, there's racial segregation is awful. And I'm like, I, you know, seeing the high quality of the show, I don't think they made this in a reaction to stuff. It was just already in production and they couldn't have landed at a better time to release this because that's like the topic. Um, and it's just fascinating because it's like addressing all of those issues that are currently hot right now. And I'm like, wow, they could not have, I mean, that's probably why it's doing gangbusters, especially with people on social media is because like, wow, they're addressing these issues. But like they'll mix every other episode. like one is about racial issues and the next one is like, and then we have some crazy Lovecraft style stuff. I'm like, Oh, I don't know which tone I'm supposed to be paying attention to because I'm really fascinated by this, the, you know, like the, the segregation stuff and what's, what's it like to be in the segregation era, um, Chicago. Cause like, I didn't, I don't know this enough and I want to, I'm interested to learn something that I feel like I should know. And then like, Oh, but also we're going to go on basically a, 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 um, Nicholas Cage, let's steal the Declaration of Independence journey into a, a cave with mazes. And I'm like, oh, we're going to do that. That's, we could also do that. It's like, man, who's the real monster? That's the question. Like, yeah, you make a good point. Okay, they haven't <laughs> thankfully ever done that yet, but 
it's it's very I think maybe the the messaging is a little too obvious, even though you'd think that something like Lovecraft would be slightly more subtle, but it like slams you over the head with it, like, hey, maybe you didn't know this, but things weren't always so great. Also, things still aren't always so great. Like, ooh, spicy take. Mm. Well, and also, wasn't Lovecraft himself, wasn't he, like, a horrendous racist of some type? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. So, it's also, oh, yeah, you betcha. Uh, Yes, it's, it's, so it's also that element of kind of taking all of that imagery back. It's, uh, It's another kind of hot topic right now is the death of the author. We, uh... We're we're in this mode now where we're losing uh, famous authors that used to be beloved because they just can't keep their mouths shut with their horrible, horrible opinions. I'm I'm actually really, really happy. This is going to sound terrible. So let me me backtrack that a bit. I am fascinated that everyone hates J.K. Rowling now. And I am pleased that they all are on the same page as me and hating her. It just took them two decades to get there. Uh, <laughs> whereas I was there quite a long time ago, and I have been rallying the cry of, she's not that good. In fact, she's really sucky. I do not like rolling. I don't even know if it's rowling or rolling, and I never bothered to learn because she's a hack writer, and you should all agree. And everyone's like, no, no, no. We love her. Yas, queen. And now it's like, wait a minute. She's garbage. I'm like, well, you know, I could say I told you so, but I'm just going to welcome you to the fold, brothers. This <laughs> welcome to the Revelina has always been garbage club. And I actually think it's really funny that a lot of people have now realized that Animorphs and, like, K.A. Applegate, they're like, you know, why are we standing rowling when we've got K.A. Applegate to stand? I'm like, yeah, also you should know you're probably standing mostly Ghost Riders, but still, yeah, I mean, Animorphs is, is pretty tight. <laughs> All the best ones are done by her, though. True. I know that she did the key ones, and I'm actually reading the first one to Charlie right now, and he's, like, super into it. Having a hard time following what's going on, but he's super sure. in because he's just like what? Because you know the first one, the invasion, and it's funny because I keep he keeps forgetting the name of the aliens, which are the Yurks, and he keeps trying to tell Sharia about it. He's like, yeah, there's a story where these these aliens called the Jerks try to get in your ears. I'm like, well, <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> Well, that's a that's a good one to dive into because I believe I, I heard recently that they were going to try again with the Animorph uh, adaptation. I can't remember if it was movies or TV, but it's about time. It was you know, a that, Nickelodeon show that they tried, and right. I remember I remember being so excited because I was all about the Animorphs at that time, and that live action adaptation. Uh, was not good. No, it, that's because it was made for about ten bucks. It was, and it was weird because like there's certain things you just you, you can't you can't do some of the things like every Animorph fan knows certain things about the characters, such as Jake, the main character. 
he's, his battle morph is a tiger. You know this because it's very explicit. Like, everyone has their battle morph. Like, oh, yeah, Jake is always a tiger. Is his primary battle morph. Rachel's a grizzly bear. Marco's a gorilla. Cassie's a wolf. Tobias is always a hawk. You're like, okay, those are fine. So then when they get to the show, like, okay, Jake, your your primary morph is a white lion. Like, swing and a miss. That's... <laughs> I mean, you're think, and you know, I'm trying to think like behind the scenes, like what was lions cheaper than tigers? Like, was the white lion? They're like, we got this really, we got a discount lion. He's, uh, we got a grayscale lion over here. If you want to buy him real on the cheap, and Nick is like, yeah, we do. But we got to fill out a cast of animals. He's, he's like, yeah, I believe it was, like, it was. Like, yeah. It, it, it was a case where they were like, okay, we've got enough money for one transformation per episode. Mm-hmm. As long as we have a kid turning into an animal and that animal turning back into a kid at some point, we can call this show Animorphs and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But 90% of the time it was that same damn lion over and over again. <laughs> to the point where you were like, yeah, no, I get it. It's a lion. Yeah, it's that. It's that same elderly, malnourished lion that you got from some guy in, like, Sioux City, Iowa, or something like that, who owns a lion preserve. Welcome to Manolio's Animals on the discounts. We have a great lion. He's seen a lot of action in his day, and you can get him for very cheap. And, in fact, I'll throw in this three-legged wolf. Would you like a three-legged wolf? We can add another leg in post. Perfect. Also, he comes with stump leg. It's great. You'll like. That's how I felt when I was, I recently, uh, I finally watched uh, the Birds of Prey movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And there's there's a bit early on in the movie where she buys a hyena, and <laughs> that's that's her pet, hyena, who just acts like a dog. But they never explained, because she's just in a big warehouse, and here's a hyena in a cage. <laughs> And she's like, I'll take him. And I'm like, so is this one of those, like, creepy illegal animal trade things? Or is this just, like, the most eccentric pet store ever? (laughs) Because there's no sign or anything. There are no other exotic animals. Like, I saw a dog. I saw a cat. I saw a friggin' hyena. Maybe that's the joke, but I watched that and I was like, well, that's that requires another scene. You Pack in a two-minute scene about this guy and his scene. his inability to yeah, but it was a good movie though. I liked it. That's good. Uh, have you guys seen that one at all? I haven't, but I have seen the uh, both seasons of Harley Quinn. Oh yeah, cartoons oh, yeah. better. I I it's yeah, it was really hard for me because I expected Margot Robbie to be. Um, to be Harley Quinn in that show, and it's um, what's her face? Uh, yeah. Kaylee Cuoco. Yes, Kaylee Cuoco, and she's fantastic. And I'm like, oh, this is now the Harley Quinn. This is my favorite version of Harley Quinn, and pretty much my favorite version of every single Batman character now too. You you said you got through the first season now, Kyle? Yeah, I I did the I I powered through the first season of both Harley Quinn and Doom Patrol at the same time, and I, I mean, I love I love the cartoon, and I I love just the deep deep cast that they have for it. I am gonna say Kaylee Kaylee Kuko does feel like 
the weak link to me in the same way that like you know how when Hamilton came out on Disney Plus and everybody was like, uh, s- suddenly everybody realized, oh, yeah, Lin-Manuel Miranda wrote this and that's very good. He's he's clearly a talent. He packed this cast with so many exquisite singers and dancers that he feels like he might be the weak link of the cast and that's unfortunate. Hmm. So I I kind of feel that way about Kaylee Cuoco. She's she's fine. She does a great version of Harley Quinn. I got no problem with it. But when you're surrounded by all those other people, she feels like she might be a step behind everybody else to me in terms of performance. But I mean, that's honestly I'm I'm more more interested in Lake Bell as uh, as Ivy because every delivery that she has is just perfect. Oh, yeah. It's uh, buttery smooth, just the little snide remarks she makes that you almost miss. It's just a click too fast, but it feels good because you can get that replayability. Rick and Morty has it, too. They'll just mutter a joke under their breath. You're like, wait, what was that? And you go back and watch it, like, oh, my gosh, why wasn't that given, like, center stage and a pause after for laughter? But there's another joke coming after, so it's she's... I think she's the the shadow star. It's it's called Harley Quinn, but it's really like, hey, this is the best Poison Ivy. I will agree yeah. that yeah, yeah, Harley Quinn is actually the least enjoyable. I mean, not not saying she's bad, but like of all the characters of the Harley Quinn show, she's the least enjoyable because she's the most grating because she keeps causing all of the problems, basically. And that's kind of like the running theme is that she's the problem. And she keeps having to learn, oh, that's right, I'm the problem. It's like, yes, we have been over this a few times. Yeah, it's kind of like, it's kind of like doing an Archer only with, you know, if Archer had to learn his lesson every week. Thankfully, he doesn't, so that's not an issue. But, (laughs) I mean, and that's kind of what that first season feels like to me of Harley Quinn. It feels like an Archer or Adventure Brothers kind of show where, it's in service to the joke primarily, the characters second, the plot somewhere dead last down the road. So you don't have to worry too much about what happens so much as what was the best joke of the episode. Yeah. The thing that intrigues me the most about Harley Quinn is they, I don't know if they're assuming they'll be canceled before it becomes an issue or if they Batman has a large enough roster to accommodate it, but they are perma-killing a lot of, like, A-list villains, and, you know, I worry you might write them into a corner. Like, oh, we gotta get to the Legion of Doom. It's like, most of them are dead. You know? I, I, I noticed that, too, and I actually really appreciate that, because I like a show that assumes that it will get canceled at the end of every season. Because those are the type of shows that make sure that that season felt good and that you never get stuff like Firefly that's, that's assuming it's getting seven seasons. And so it doesn't feel like it has to get to the point. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, we got room to breathe. It's like nobody, no one ever has room to breathe in, in TV. You have to assume that you, this is your one shot. So tell the story you want to tell. Unless you've been around for long enough that you know you have a few seasons lined up, like guaranteed tell the story you want to tell in this season. 
and then every season assume that it's your last. And I loved that that I think that was really um that what that's what I like about a lot of shows that I can't guess what they'll do in this the this, this season following. And I like that. When I when I sit down to myself and I say, I actually have no clue where this is gonna go, I really appreciate that. I don't know if that's not always necessarily a indication of good storytelling or like a good series, but I enjoy that because I can guess stuff in series so quickly and I can see trajectories so quickly. But like if a series can legitimately surprise me and I go, I actually have no idea what they can possibly do next. Uh, like the good place did that a lot where I granted it sounded like they actually had four seasons planned out and it seems like the story definitely is planned, but each season I had no clue where they were going with that. And I really appreciated that. I was like, I, don't know how you're going to do more of that. And yet they find a way. Yeah. If you hadn't read the books, Game of Thrones did that a lot. If you, I you suppose. know, you're like, oh, it's a show with Sean Bean, and he dies immediately. And they're like, oh, okay, well, this son, who, who seems to be, like, a really great leader, he'll probably be lead. And then the Red Wedding, like, uh, I, him? And then he's dead. And, you know, at a certain point, it became too gimmicky. You just, like, oh, they focused on that character for more than 10 seconds, he's going to die. But, yeah, it's that sense of just because you are a really well-known and really popular character doesn't mean you're not going to die unceremoniously in, like, the middle of the season for absolutely no reason. Well, there's a question for you. Who dies after the Red Wedding? Who dies after the Red Wedding? Yeah, um, who what, what main character they've set up that we've had enough time that it would be a shock? Who dies after the Red Wedding? Well, I guess there was that quick-footed Spaniard that we thought, like, oh, this is I like... A- like three episodes, and then he was out. And he's like, I have to go be the Mandalorian. Yeah. <laughs> the man- Mandalorian got his head crushed. Yeah. Um, like, he was there and gone, so that was, like, shocking, sure, but not as, like, whoa. I mean, yes, you had Joffrey die, but that has been set up for a long time. It was like basically after episode one, you're like, please kill this kid. And so you're waiting for that to happen. Um, Stannis gets killed, I think, in season five. But that's another one of those, like, we know this has to happen. Like, Stannis has to go sooner than later. Well, they almost, they inverted it. Once after the Red Wedding, you know, everyone was expecting people to die, so they do a death fake out. You know, they're like, no one's safe. And, and yeah, James, James, people would be stabbed. Uh, what's it? Lord Frenzo would get that weird skull disease yeah. on him, but then he survived. You'd have people who you think would die, and given the show's history to that point, you, they were full within their rights, but then they didn't. They they totally kept like they subverted the subversion where it was like no one's safe. Unless they're a main character, then they're totally safe. Unless they're an ancillary and you won't really care too much, you'll be bummed like, oh, I thought that character would have something more to do. I guess not. Well, uh, then we're going to run out of main characters. And that's my fear of Harley Quinn. I really right. worry that at the speed they're going, they're going to run out of recognizable Batman villains so quickly that yeah. either they're going to have to introduce a whole bunch of C-listers and due to them, what they did with Kite Man, which is make them awesome, or they're going to get to the point where you know everyone who's left is safe. Yeah. Well, um, from the sound things, it won't matter because I, from what from what I recently heard, it was 
we're hoping to get a season three, and that probably means they're not getting a season three. Yeah, I don't think, I mean, I honestly, after seeing season two, and this is the spiciest take of anyone who's watched the show and liked the show, I don't want it to get a season three. I think that it's a, it, the season one and two are good. I didn't particularly like the ending of season two for different reasons that I'm not going to spoil for you. Um, but like, I think that the story they told was a good story and I don't want them to muddy that story, I suppose. Like I like, I like that they told the story they wanted to. And now that that story is told, I don't want them to try to mess it up by telling another story that potentially ruined that story they told, if that makes sense. Sure. I mean, as much as it can without telling me. Like, the characters had growth all around, like, the main characters all experienced growth in season two and got to a place of, like, leveling up as people. And I don't want to see, like, the only thing I can expect in season three would, they would have to regress so that they could re-level up by the end of season three. And I don't want to do that game. I want to just be like, okay, you, you, you've, you've come into your own at the end of season two. I don't see the reason for you to try it again. Like, what more can you tell? And if they can come up with a good answer to that, then go for it. I mean, Bojack Horseman did that to me constantly where I didn't know, like, what can you possibly tell me about this horseman in another season that you didn't already tell me last season? And they're like, well, let me make you sad this season too. Bojack Horseman and The Good Place both both are really good at that. And they might do that with Harley Quinn, you know, with, without having the characters regress, you'd have to look at the characters as they are now at the end of season two and say, what new obstacles would this new character, you know, as that they've grown into, what new obstacles would affect this time? They might have to bring in some new people, but yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> True. It's just so clever. Not funny. Alright, final thoughts for this episode. What do we got? Do you have any thoughts? Uh well I I will say this. Uh, in terms of the holiday season coming up and all of the things that we're waiting on, new consoles or new releases of old games that we've already bought three or four times or, you know, just for life to get back on track. Um, follow the advice from when you were a kid and your parents would tell you, well, you might be getting that, but don't, don't assume that you're getting that. Cause I think that this is the year that for, for the last quarter of 2020, all of our grandma got us the wrong console. That's what's <laughs> happened. Our grandma went out and she said, I, I'm supposed to get the Wii U, and uh, she got the Wii instead. And that's fine, because we just need to make it to the end. I heard you guys liked video games, and I know you like Soldier Boy, so let me tell you about the game system I got you this year. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know I mean I I mean in, in terms of TV I, I can say that we have gotten a decent enough year just by getting access to things that we didn't have access to before 
Yeah. Harley Quinn and, and Doom Patrol are great shows. As much as it sucks that DC got a bunch of layoffs, uh, those shows probably wouldn't have found as big of an audience if they hadn't switched over to HBO Max. Ditto yeah. with uh, Cobra Kai. Some some Google executive got, at very least, got a good pat on the back and an attaboy for creating that show. And now it's finding an audience on Netflix. So, yeah, so better late than never. Uh, we're getting, we're getting to the good things and all it took was locking everybody inside for the better part of a year without giving us any new movies at all. (laughs) Well, I mean, Disney's given us a few or uh, given us the privilege of buying them. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah, the Mulan thing is really funny because this last weekend, my family, I had to do some work, so my family's like, oh, guess what? We're watching all the live-action remakes of all your favorite movies from when you were a kid. <laughs> so they started with Cinderella and went all the way through to Lion King, and we did not finish Lion King because everybody in the house is just like, you know, this is, we we've seen this and it was animated and it was the 90s and it was a lot it was let's just not let's just turn it off and that seemed to be the like the banner ad for Mulan popped up and I'm like what do you guys think Mulan and my kids were like eh it's fine (laughs) even my even my six-year-old is like look we've got the cartoon one and it doesn't cost any extra money and it's probably more interesting to look at and the actors care more and who's seen the new one they're like yeah the original is phenomenal and the new one is 100 percent forgettable yeah yeah the comparison i saw was that it reminded a lot of people of rise of skywalker Mm. i don't i don't know what that means but it can't be good yeah (laughs) well my final uh input is that after our last podcast i i decided that i was going to plow through the mcu again and last night i finished endgame and boy you know it still packs a punch you still clap at scenes you still tear up at scenes they really did do such a good job with that whole massive project and i know that the Second Spider-Man movie is technically the end of Phase Three, but you know Sony is too busy building tumors onto their systems to give Disney the right to put the Spider-Man movies on Disney Plus. So I don't know how I'm going to watch it. I don't own the Blu-ray. I'm not particularly interested in buying the Blu-ray, but I also don't want to pay twenty dollars to rent it from Amazon. So oh no no no. Here's what you do is you get yourself a, a free weekly trial of stars and watch it on there because that's where it is. Here's what you so, do. Here's what you do. Get a library card. <laughs> Libraries are closed. Libraries don't exist anymore. Well, you can't have nice things. Libraries are still going. It's just super inconvenient now to get anything from them because you, you have to reserve anything you want to pick up and then you have to set up a pickup time in 10 minute increments and you can, so they can only ever see like, what is it? 60 people in a day. Like, Oh, library. Why are you doing this to me? But everything is like a month long 
checkout now, so that's cool. Yeah, I didn't try, like, uh, I, I was trying to watch movies along with a podcast that I listened to, and I ended up getting a Stars account, just figuring, okay, I'll watch John Carpenter's The Thing, and then I'll shut this off. And then I found, okay, well, I watched John Carpenter's The Thing, then I'll watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, because I never watched it when it came out. Suffice it to say I've had stars for like six months, so... Wait, hold on a second. John Carpenter's The Thing is a star? Yes, yeah, I believe that's still on there. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood's still on there, and uh, Spider-Man Far From Home's on there, so... I just kept it because it's like four or five extra bucks on top of Hulu. So wait a minute. What you're saying, if I'm understanding this right, yeah, is that you're going to let me share your login to Stars? <laughs> well, actually, it's just my lo- it's just my login to Hulu. I've got the the Stars add-on, so technically, I have the same account that is for Hulu, Stars, and Disney Plus, and ESPN Plus. It's all under one login. Oh, man. It's just that it's, like, four different subscriptions, technically. But they all get paid out of the same, like, 15 bucks. So what you're saying is that you're going to let me use your Hulu, <laughs> even though I already have Hulu. Uh, I got Hulu I mean, person as well. I mean, yeah, it's... I mean, and Chris has my Hulu because that's how he gets Disney Plus. Oh, I just have Stars Plus. I don't. I have Hulu from a different friend. I have HBO Max from a differenter friend. (laughs) Yeah, I've been using HBO Max the most probably just because I've been watching both of those shows. But also, I'll just find a movie and be like, "Oh yeah, I haven't watched that in a good long time. I'll turn it on." And now that now that Dune. Uh, hysteria has landed. I had to watch Dune again, and that's on HBO Max. Yeah, HBO Max that I watched last week, Space Jam. Oh no! Oh yeah, yeah. You know what movie doesn't hold up whatsoever? Space Jam. Yep. <laughs> I would have loved to be just named a random other movie. I watched it's Space true. Jam. You know what doesn't hold up? The Spy Who Knew Too Little. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it doesn't, but. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> no, yeah. Pro, pro tip for people who might want to go back and rewatch Space Jam and see if it, it still slaps. Don't do that. And instead, <laughs> uh, watch Looney Tunes back in action because that's a unfairly maligned movie. It's one yeah, of Joe's fun little pieces of pastiche. <laughs> Plus, it's got Brendan Fraser, and I love that guy. And he I'm, needs to be in more things. Mm-hmm. That's a good note to end on. Let's go all let's go all support Brendan Fraser these days. Support your local Brendan Fraser. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle, where can they send us uh, stuff to let us know that they're supporting their local Brendan Fraser? <laughs> uh, definitely at uh, media underscore sandwich on the Twitter. Or I'm at Kyle Martinak. It'll find me there as well. And then you can email the show with your Brendan Fraser support. And that's at, uh, let me get it right here, mediasandwichshow at gmail.com. 
And of course, you can just uh, look at us at uh, media-sandwich.com for blog posts and podcasts and every once in a while something weird like I, I randomly did like a project thing with how to, how to build your own album cover because I'm losing my mind during all of this so check that out and then you guys are on Twitter where? I'm at the Chris Pranger and I am at no right tweet there you go so Find us all there, and uh, I think I think now I kind of have to make a support your local Brendan Fraser T-shirt. That might be next. <laughs> Absolutely. What would the image be? So many good options. I mean, I'm thinking about the cover of the movie Support Your Local Gunfighter, <laughs> and, and now I'm just thinking that Brendan Fraser would be great in a remake of that. So I got work to do. That could be the name of this podcast. Support your local <laughs> That's the that's the absolute. That's the one. That's that's what I'm calling this episode. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Well, everyone, enjoy yourself. Stay safe. Don't breathe smoke, and, and get yourself a get yourself a sandwich. Yeah, a clean one. <laughs> you can send me your Hulu login, Kyle. Anything. I will. I'll-